Hi, my name is Jessie from the Vegan Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and we can be found at www.vegansociety.co.nz, and you're listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Yeah, well. Let's get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Welcome to episode 9 of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, McDonald's Free Range and Veganism on TV. Before I begin, I'd like to say hello to Gordon, who left a comment recently on my blog, coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. I'd also like to say hello to Jay, who sent me a positive email. You can follow Jay on Twitter. Her username is calif underscore vegan for Californian vegan, C-A-L-I-F underscore vegan. If anyone else enjoys this podcast, I'd love to hear from you personally. You can Twitter or Facebook or email me. My username is jwontdart everywhere, jwontdart at gmail.com for example, or on Twitter or on Facebook. J-A-Y-W-O-N-T-D-A-R-T, no spaces. This episode I'd like to talk about two recent media stories. The first... McDonald's, the multinational fast food company, has decided to only use free-range eggs in New Zealand stores. At the moment, just two cities in the South Island of New Zealand will use free-range eggs, and the eggs themselves come from the North Island, hundreds of kilometres away. I'm puzzled to why Dunedin and Christchurch were chosen, with a combined population of only a couple hundred thousand people. Why not Auckland, with a population of over a million? I guess it really could be the supply. There might not be enough free-range eggs in the country for larger McDonald's stores. Does it just happen that the North Island of New Zealand has all of our free-range egg farms? It could also be related to the franchisee. The person or people who own all the Dunedin and Christchurch stores. They might be more interested in free-range eggs than other McDonald's store owners. Here's a clip from 3 News. Horror footage of hens in battery cages is shown a few times to show the supposed night and day difference between regular eggs and the happy eggs free range. In Christchurch, some swimming pool sized omelette was made. Hans Creek from Safe appears. I'll mention that after letting the clip play in full. Fast food chain McDonald's is beginning a switch to free-range eggs and says it's responding to customer demand. McDonald's uses about 12 million eggs a year nationwide, and the move to free-range is starting in the South Island, where 2 million eggs a year are needed. Jeff Hampton reports. This was a scramble to beat all scrambles, a world-beating special mixture comprising 20,000 eggs and 100 litres of cream as McDonald's promoted their switch to free-range eggs and also tried for the Guinness Book of Records. One tonne was the world record. We've now done 1.24 tonnes. As hundreds enjoyed a free breakfast, McDonald's explained why they'd switched. 
It seems to be where consumers are heading with eggs. If you go to the supermarket, uh, most of the shelf is filled with free-range eggs. The free-range eggs have grown 40% in the last year, and we believe that the consumers are telling us that that's what they want. Consumer New Zealand says the moves already work for McDonald's in Australia and Britain. It is an example of consumer power and also giving McDonald's a competitive edge. If they think that people are going to enjoy free-range eggs and their burgers, then they're going to do it. Also at the breakfast was Save Animals from Exploitation campaigner Hans Creek, who believes his group's campaigns against battery cage farming of hens played a big part in McDonald's decision. Consumers really don't want to buy battery eggs anymore and uh, we think this is a very good development. While free-range eggs cost more at the supermarket, McDonald's isn't raising its prices. The free-range eggs come from the North Island and will be used at 19 outlets in Christchurch and Dunedin. They use more than 30,000 eggs a week. We would have liked to have done more, but there's just not enough supply of free-range eggs uh, in New Zealand. With supermarket sales of free-range eggs soaring, McDonald's hopes its move from battery to free range will also boost sales to health conscious fast food lovers. Jeff Hampton, 3 News. If consumers want free range eggs so badly, why are we so chronically undersupplied for them? During the news report, horror footage of battery farms was shown. It should be noted that just two cities in New Zealand are switching the eggs in their McDonald's. That's 19 stores in total. According to a Franchise Info website I found, franchise.co.nz, there's roughly 144 McDonald's stores in the country. That horror footage of battery cage egg farms? Those awful places supplied all McDonald's stores up until this announcement. Now, based on the number I found online, there should be 125 out of 144 McDonald's stores still using battery cage eggs. I suck at math, but that should be about 86% of all McDonald's in New Zealand still using battery cage eggs. How can you celebrate that 86% of McDonald's fast food restaurant eggs will be from battery hens? It reminds me of that mission accomplished bush photo op, proclaiming the war on terror to be over years ago while it's still ongoing today with no actual signs of stopping. On the McDonald's website, a lot is made of animal welfare. It's a feel-good thing. Come to our store. We have animal welfare policies. It's moral to keep paying us money for food made from animals. It's all PR for the company. Reading from the McDonald's website. Where does McDonald's stand on animal welfare? McDonald's has some of the highest animal welfare standards in the world, and we are proud of the work we have undertaken with our suppliers to ensure animals are farmed humanely and treated with respect. In New Zealand, all McDonald's suppliers also comply with, or exceed, New Zealand animal welfare legislation. One of the initiatives implemented globally by McDonald's is our work with industry-recognised animal welfare experts, including Dr. Temple Grandin, Grandin.com. Dr. Grandin is highly regarded for her work in setting and continually improving global animal welfare standards and has visited New Zealand a number of times. Temple Grandin is the slaughterhouse designer who received an award from Peter. I said I'd mentioned that SAFE has claimed the fact that 19 out of 144 McDonald's stores are going to use free-range eggs as a victory. 
Hans Creek was at the Big Christchurch McDonald's PR event, breaking a world record for largest amount of scrambled eggs. I'll play that bit over again. This was a scramble to beat all scrambles. A world-beating special mixture comprising 20,000 eggs and 100 litres of cream, as McDonald's promoted their switch to free-range eggs and also tried for the Guinness Book of Records. One tonne was the world record. We've now done 1.24 tonnes. As hundreds enjoyed a free breakfast, also at the breakfast was Save Animals from Exploitation campaigner Hans Creek, who believes his group's campaigns against battery cage farming of hens played a big part in McDonald's decision. Consumers really don't want to buy battery eggs anymore, and uh, we think this is a very good development. While free-range eggs cost more at the supermarket, McDonald's isn't raising its prices. What the heck is a vegan doing at that kind of event? 20,000 eggs were used, as well as 100 litres of cream, and a vegan was there to celebrate this as a victory? It must have been weird, a large crowd of people going to get their portion, while a vegan stood next to it. Just thinking about all those eggs and cream, it makes me feel sick. And all for what? Some cheap PR stunt for a fast food company. I've always liked birds more than most other animals. And so stories of how chickens are mistreated especially upsets me. I look after a rooster and a hen, and at the moment, Mrs. Hen has a clutch of eggs she's keeping warm. She's sitting on roughly ten eggs, with her wings almost fully outstretched. You cannot see the eggs underneath her. She's been sitting for a couple of weeks now, almost never moving, just staring straight ahead of her, keeping her eggs warm. Every day or so, I assume she does get off the eggs. I've caught her once off the eggs and she was in a terrible state. She was just a few metres from her nest, but she really didn't want to be away from the eggs. She had what looked like tears in her eyes. Her eyes were very wet looking, and she had all of her feathers in a mess. She must have been desperate for food and water, having not moved more than a centimetre for a very long time. Looking after her eggs, is her top priority. Hens are some of the world's best mothers, and so taking away their eggs is one of the cruelest uses of animal products. To have a news story about McDonald's changing eggs in 19 of its roughly 144 New Zealand stores, that number might not be correct, it's nothing more than PR for McDonald's. This does nothing to help chickens suffering today, a common defence of welfareist vegans. It only makes people who consume animal products feel better about eating McDonald's product. Despite using them for decades, even McDonald's can now agree that battery hens have no quality of life. But still, according to my wacky math, 86% of the eggs McDonald's steals from innocent little hens will have been kept in battery farms for their whole, short, miserable lives. Free-range eggs don't help hens, they only help large welfare groups declare victory, give positive PR to large food companies, help farmers gouge the consumer, and help omnivores feel better about eating animal products. Users Directed Users Directed is a New Zealand TV series that teaches us more about food and products we use. One episode mentioned veganism, I've linked to the online video in my show notes, and I'll play the audio now. Overall, 
I liked the presenter, Dean Cornish, but didn't like how the piece was edited. Representing veganism was Caro, a former manager of the safe store. I've been told that I'm just overly sensitive, so I'll let you judge for yourself. Now, dinner parties can be fun, but what happens when you get the call just the day before to be told that one of the groups are freaking vegan? Well, I'd think about cancelling. Let's face it, that leg of lamb and chocolate mousse is well off the menu. So what can you cook? And what is a nut rasol anyway? Dean Cornish left his steak and cheese pie at home and went to find out what being a vegan means. I've invited Caro, a committed vegan, to take a look around my meat lover's home. She went vegan six years ago for health reasons. I um, was at my wits ends. I had acne all over my chest, my face, my back. It was quite revolting. And I was on, um, I was on medication for it. And the doctor, I said, look, I'm sick of taking these drugs. And the doctor said, well, you've got no other option. You're going to be on the medication for life. And so I did a little bit of research and um, found out about a diet that didn't include animal products and it helped with skin. And yeah, and it was basically a vegan diet for, for four weeks. And I thought, well, after doing it for four weeks, I thought, if this can make me so healthy, then obviously I probably shouldn't be going back to having animal products. What is veganism? Veganism is avoiding animal products and anything that contributes towards animal cruelty. So a vegan is going to avoid anything um, in their diet that contains meat or dairy, things like cheese and yoghurt. Um, they're not going to wear any leather products. OK, time to let Caro loose in my house, as I'm planning to road test a week of vegan living. Now there's obvious things that I'm not going to be able to get with, like this butter and cheese. Yeah. Uh, I've got the salad there, that's alright, but what else? Uh, yeah, there's a few other things that you probably want to clear out. Anchovies for a starter, fish sauce, shrimp paste. Let's have a look at the wine. They have to state in New Zealand whether it's clarified the traditional way, which they use animal products, including eggs, milk and fish. So if you can just check the back of your wine labels as well, it's a good way of avoiding animal products. So the old fridge is clearly going to need a clean out there, Caro. Thanks for the advice like though. What about the bathroom? Okay, let's have a look. Yep, I can see. I can see a few things already that we want to avoid. One of the things that you want to start thinking about when you go vegan is: is it from a company that tests on animals? There's a number of common toiletries that Caro says are off limits if you're a vegan, because the parent companies either test products on animals or won't confirm or deny that they do. And that's not all. Now with this uh, hair product here, it's got beeswax, beeswax in it, so usually vegans try to avoid any products from insects, including bee products, so beeswax, we wouldn't use that. So honey's out? Honey's out, right. yeah. Most vegans do avoid honey. Um, and this one here, this has got milk and honey in it. Does so it have, actually have milk and honey in it? it I just does. assumed with a lot of these things that they would just sort of say that to make you feel good, but... No, you're right, they do. We've got the bedroom now, you can, you can tell me um, a few of the things that might be non-vegan in here, I suppose. Okay, well the first place I'd stop at is probably the bed. Yeah. Um, can you tell me what sort of bedding you've got? Uh, yeah. I've got the, uh, the old goose down under there and the duvet and the goose down pillows as well. Right, Very okay. warm in winter, cool in summer. Yeah, well that's something that you probably want to avoid. Kara says it's not just the feathers. She reckons some geese are live plucked. I've also heard something about wool. Tell me about the old wool thing as far as, far as the vegans go. Yeah, wool is something that we're going to try and avoid as a vegan. Um, it's not a nice life for those sheep, even though we're not killing them. Um, they're still, they're shed twice a year. It's really quite scary for them being shorn. Um, they're outside in the cold afterwards, so they're freezing. They're, they don't give them any jackets. There's no proper housing for them or protection. They're taking away their babies. They're not able to interact. They, on wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have a normal life here. They're from Arabia. 
<laughs> it wouldn't exist here. No, and it would be great if they weren't here, actually. Right. Unfortunately, we have 40 million sheep in New Zealand. Um, our biggest contributor to climate change is methane gas from farmed animals. Well, the duvet's out, along with half the wardrobe, bathroom and fridge. Time to restock. So first the supermarket to find out what I can eat. Obviously fruit, veggies and nuts all get the tick. Meat. All that meat. Here we've got a whole range of vegan products from Sanitarium. Oh yeah. So the nut meat is really, really nice. You can fry that up. Nut meat? Yeah. I love that. Love that one. Falafel? Oh yeah. Make those into little balls oh, and you, you can fry, fry them. them or bake them, yeah. And then um, things like hummus are really nice. It's a great way of getting your protein into you. Yeah. So if you're giving up the flesh, you'll need protein. Good vegan protein sources include tofu and soy products and lentils, chickpeas and beans. There's loads of vegan-friendly soy sausages and veggie soups at the supermarket, along with some unexpected treats. Most of the chips here do actually contain animal products. Most of them contain milk. Um, some of them may contain meat byproducts and things like that. Salt and vinegar is going to be the safest bet at this stage, so these are the nicest ones. Sea salt and herb, they're the best ones that I've had. Oh, OK. Chickpea chips. Yeah, do you...? So not made of potatoes? No, so they're high in protein as well. Right. Crikey, you're just taking me down the naughty aisles. Yeah, well, you chocolate. can be naughty and be a vegan. It's nice to have treats. And there are certain biscuits here that don't contain animal ingredients. Crazy Faces, they are vegan. Hobnobs. Yeah. Right. At the counter, I've found myself laden with a far greater variety and, yes, much healthier-looking shopping trolley than normal. But the real vegan holy grail is here at the Safe Shop, where about a 1,000 regular vegan customers come to get everything from non-leather stuff called pleather to vegan cheese. We've got blue, yep. we've also got cheese that melts, so you can do right, your pizzas, right, 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 right. mozzarella, cream cheese, yeah. um, there's a huge variety in here, it's fantastic. Wow. Vegan bacon. It even looks like bacon, and it's absolutely delicious. Vegan bacon. There's a huge array of mock meats, vegan chicken, vegan tuna, vegan lobster, vegan sausage. How does it taste? It tastes amazing. My mouth waters just thinking about that stuff. <laughs> wow. Well, we might have to see about that as I feel a taste test coming on. Thanks, Dean. Now, it'd be fair to say that veganism is still a bit fringe, yet vegetarians have loads of options. Most restaurants have a veggie dish, even if it is just a lasagna or a frittata. And the shops these days have loads of non-meat options. Some of them taste more like meat than the real thing. So after the break, we're taste testing mock meats. Welcome back, you're using as directed. Now on these plates I've got three yummy looking food items and I'm going to ask our audience to try them out and tell me which, if any of these, have meat or have no meat. So come on down guys, we've got three tasters that are lucky enough to have a bit of a fee and I've got to say I'm a bit peckish myself. So what I want you to do is just nibble, have a bit of a graze, okay, just start off, grab a fork uh, or grab one of these lovely sausage roll things and just dive in and uh, have a bit of a taste because I'm going to ask you to pick which, if any, have meat. Just one of our three meals has meat. Number one features a food product crispy fried in a chilli sauce. Number two is pretty obvious, it's a sausage roll. Or is it? And number three, well our mystery food has been stir fried with capsicum, celery and chilli sauce. Jason, what do you reckon? I mean, when I was, let's not let's just talk about flavour and texture. Flavour? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely flavour in all of them. Yeah, quite enjoyable. I can go for some more of the first plate. Dive not in. sure what it is yet, though. <laughs> Dive in. 
And what, what, how, how do you rate them flavour-wise? Well, I think this was the yummiest one, yeah. definitely. I reckon the same years. What I'll do is I'm going to get you to basically say whether you think it's got meat or no meat in it. You're going far away, Jason. What do you reckon? Which one of these has any meat or, or, or what do you reckon for the first one here, the one that we liked? Don't think that's a meat item. You don't think that's meat? Don't think that's meat. Okay, what about the sausage roll? I think this is meat. Okay, and what about that last sort of... That's not meat either. Not meat. Okay, so we've got no meat, meat and... No meat down the end. What about yeah. yourself? How are you I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Jason. I think that those two possibly have no meat, but that one tasted and felt like meat. It chewed like meat. Oh, that's pretty conclusive there in terms of your perspective. Yes, yeah? no, no meat, no meat, and I reckon there's some meat in this as well. Definitely, yes, I can taste it. Well, I'm going to reveal that the only one that has meat is the green dish. That's got meat. That's chicken. So, what do you reckon, guys? Well, so the chicken's the tastiest. Mm. We all chose that it being the tastiest, but I wouldn't have thought that Ooh. the sausage mm. rolls were no. vegetarian. So sausage rolls, I mean, did the job, mm. didn't they, in terms of, like, replicating meat? And we, I mean, you guys all thought there was meat in there, there isn't yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Surprised? Yeah, I am, yes. Okay, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Take a pew, and uh, thanks a lot. Jump to sit down here. Now, Fiona Carruthers is a nutritionist, and she's also the nutrition manager for New Zealand Beef and Lamb. She likes her meat. Welcome to Users Directed. And I've got a bit of mock meat here for you to have a taste of, <laughs> just to see what you think. That wasn't part of the deal. OK, let's yeah. try this. Wow, it's a nice-looking piece here. It looks good, doesn't it? Mm, doesn't look bad at all. I was surprised by the texture. I found the texture really was very meaty. Mm. Mm. It is. It is. Not sure it quite meets the flavour that real meat does, but certainly texture-wise, they've made a pretty good job of it. But not too bad. Do you um, eat a lot of meat yourself? I certainly eat meat, yes. Right. Um, I would eat it probably three to four times a week. And do we need meat? We n certainly need the nutrients that are in meat. Yes, we do. Um, the more, most important things that meat gives us are protein, which um, we need to grow and develop, and if you've got cuts and wounds, the protein will help you. Um, probably the thing that meat is um, best for is iron and zinc and vitamin D because those three nutrients we use much more easily from meat than we do from other foods. Um, but it also contains a range of vitamins, particularly vitamin B12 that you only get in animal foods. So um, the thing about meat is you get a lot in a little. Have we always eaten meat as humans? We've eaten meat for a long, long time, um, probably up to four or five, even they think maybe seven million years. They found the skull of a, um, an early man um, in Chad in Africa um, that was about seven million years old, they think. And the reason they knew he'd eaten meat was because of the type of teeth he had. Right. And we actually have canine teeth for chewing meat, and we also have molars for chewing or grinding plants. So that's a really good indicator that we are actually designed to eat a mixed diet, so meat and plants and cereals. But do we actually need to eat meat? I mean, vegetarianism is, uh, you know, is popular. There are a lot of vegans out there. It'd be fair to say we don't really need to eat meat. You can get all the nutrients you need if you don't eat meat, but you actually have to eat a lot more of the foods that have those nutrients to get the same amount as you would from meat. So, for example, iron, I mentioned earlier, being probably the most important nutrient to a lot of us. To get the same amount of iron from a small amount of meat, the sort of amount you might get in the palm of your hand, you'd actually have to eat a whole loaf of bread or two big cans of baked beans. So you can get the 
the nourishment, but you just need to eat more of it. Okay, a big question for a lot of people is how much meat should you eat? And I've got a couple of packs here of meat, and um, I mean, I'd probably wolf that one down in, a, in one meal, and that I'd be asking for more. Right. Okay. Am I eating too much? That would probably be quite a big portion. <laughs> it would really? Be so how much, portion. I mean, We talk about we um, a deck of cards. So that pack of mints is um, about 500 grams, I think. That should really do four people if you made that into a lasagna or a, um, some other mince dish. Four people? Because you extend it with vegetables and the, the pasta or the rice, whatever you're having with it. This uh, it's steak... It's a beef scotch uh, fillet it steak. Does, it looks lovely, doesn't it? It does, but again, small. Well, that should probably do two people. It's 300 grams. It is. So, I mean, about 150 grams a person. Yes, and that's raw weight, so that will, once that's cooked, that will be a little bit smaller. Okay, thanks, Fiona. Overall, I'm glad that veganism was mentioned on mainstream New Zealand television. But I wish it wasn't portrayed, in my opinion, as weird or difficult. To start with, veganism was introduced in a negative light by the main host. Now, dinner parties can be fun, but what happens when you get the call just the day before to be told that one of the groups are freaking vegan? Well, I'd think about cancelling. Let's face it, that leg of lamb and chocolate mousse is well off the menu. So what can you cook? And what is a nut rasol anyway? And during the piece, the host kept saying vegan instead of vegan, which grated on my nerves. I didn't like the massive house clearing that was shown either, going from room to room saying, can't have this, can't have that. It came across like a punishment, like an angry mother taking away a child's toys. It made veganism seem like a rule book of forbidden items, something that would mess up your whole life. Although there was a fun little detour to the naughty aisle in the supermarket, which I liked because it helped bust the myth that vegans only eat lettuce, with a side glass of mineral water. Crikey, you're just taking me down the naughty aisles. <laughs> well, you can be naughty and be a vegan. It's nice to have treats. And there are certain biscuits here that don't contain animal ingredients. I think Caro did a wonderful job of representing vegans worldwide. She was informative and seemed friendly. My only issue with the story was how veganism was talked about for most of the episode. It started with an unfunny jab about vegans missing out, had a massive room-by-room -room clearance of the forbidden items, although this was partly offset by the naughty aisle detour in the supermarket. There was a taste test where the single meat dish was unanimously judged to be the best. Dope! The first taste tester picked up on it too. Well, so the chicken's the tastiest. Mm. We all chose that it being the tastiest. Then, after the meat was judged best tasting, a piece of the inferior fake meat was taken over to a nutritionist who works for the New Zealand meat industry. I tried to get a comment from her, but didn't get a reply back. Of course, we can imagine what she had to say. Veganism was essentially made to seem impossible, with comments like... Do we actually need to eat meat? I mean, vegetarianism is, uh, you know, is popular. There are a lot of vegans out there. It'd be fair to say we don't really need to eat meat. You can get all the nutrients you need if you don't eat meat, but you actually have to eat a lot more of the foods that have those nutrients to get the same amount as you would from meat. So, for example, iron, I mentioned earlier, being probably the most important nutrient to a lot of us. To get the same amount of iron from a small amount of meat, the sort of amount you might get in the palm of your hand, you'd actually have to eat a whole loaf of bread or two big cans of baked beans. 
the nutritionist who works for the meat industry, was then thanked for appearing, and the veganism section of the episode ended without warning. I asked Dean Cornish, the host who tried veganism for his thoughts, and got this in reply. Hi Jordan, parts of the lengthier stuff that wasn't shown on the show was that I road-tested a raw vegan diet for two weeks as part of it. I found that I slept amazingly, and that green smoothies were a great way to start the day. I also lost weight, and had more energy at the gym. As far as my eating habits go now, I'm a pescatarian. Dean was on the Vegans Chat email group that I'm a moderator of, and he received a warm response from New Zealand vegans. I believe he also now knows how to say vegan properly. Caro represented vegans. She did a great job. Here's a reply I got from her. Hi Jordan. I had a great time filming the show. The producer, cameraman and presenter were all lovely people and very respectful. I was really impressed with Dean Cornish's commitment to trialling a vegan diet for a week. He came to a vegan birthday party with me, picked me up from college too, and came out to a vegan restaurant for dinner with me and some friends. He was amazed at how good fake meats tasted and decided to do a fake meat taste test challenge to prove to viewers how good it is. I thought they did a great job of helping viewers to understand not only what it means to be a vegan, e.g. the things we avoid, but also show that there are a lot of other options at the general supermarket for things we can have. I was also grateful they gave exposure to Safe Shop, so viewers can see being vegan doesn't mean going without, and there are plenty of delicious and fun options for us. There was a lot that I talked about that didn't make it to ear, but I understand there were time constraints for the piece, and they wanted to make it an interesting piece for the viewers, with lots of action and less sitting and talking. I was pleased that they included my responses for being vegan initially, health, and they also explained why we avoid things like feather duvets and wool, and included a bit about farm animals and the impact on the environment. Overall, I was very happy with the show, and I'm always grateful to get more exposure on veganism. Viewers were able to see that intelligent, normal people are vegans. It's not just for the punks and alternative hippie types. And also, being vegan can be easy and fun. I was pleased with the overall effect of the show, and have had many positive comments on it. Love and blessings, Caro. I thought Caro did a great job. It was just the way the footage was put together that I didn't like. How vegans were portrayed, that it's a big deal to remove every animal product from every room of your house, that we buy unusual products, even if they are from the very impressive safe vegan store, which I wish we had one of those, in Invercargill. And overall, <laughs> the fake meat products were judged as having a good texture, but were not as flavorful as real meat. I guess if you enjoy the taste of blood and guts, you can't beat the real thing. I was really happy to see veganism on mainstream TV. I sort of knew how it would end after all. Beef and lamb are advertised each day on television, and a spokeswoman for beef and lamb had the last words during a piece on veganism. It's rather interesting. In the beef and lamb ads, a T-Rex song is played.
The main vocalist of the band, Mark Bolan, was vegetarian for at least a good part of his life, possibly not in the last years of his life, though, before dying in a car crash. Think about that every time you see the ad promoting New Zealand beef and lamb, that the person singing the song was vegetarian. I have a spoofed beef and lamb campaign t-shirt made by my friend Sam Tucker. You can find him at fftradio.wordpress.com. On the shirt, it has the usual sporting celebrities from the actual ad, but instead of their t-shirts having beef and lamb written over the three celebrities' t-shirts, it instead has meat is murder. Beneath that, there's a photo of a cow hanging upside down at a slaughterhouse and a newborn lamb. At the bottom, it says, Beef and lamb be twice as cruel. I think it's great. I can only hope that veganism is brought up more often in the mainstream media. I'm doing my part through my podcast, and I wish all other vegan activists the best of luck. Thank you for listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. If you'd like to contact me, even just to say you've listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com, jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things, and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's certainly better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do.